just one big pile of shit. Welcome to Off Time Jive. My name is Michael Holler. And I fucking hated Jurassic World. I fucking hated that movie. Well, then uh, let's get right to it. We saw Jurassic World opened up this weekend. We um, did. I had the brilliant idea. Let's go see it opening night. Oh, we saw it before yeah. opening night for the rest of the country. Why is it that everything opens earlier in New York? Usually you'd have to wait for like the midnight showing on a Thursday night. We could go at 7 p.m. in the afternoon. Well, in the evening, technically, but yeah, we could. I it, it's possible, um, right and that's that. exactly what we did. Thought it'd be great. I mean, for some reason, unbeknownst to me, I was excited for Jurassic World. Were you? I was. Um, How did you have any expectations for that movie? Well, the theme established by the trailers that we've seen so far... The tone? Had a very... Yeah, the tone was very somber. It looked very intriguing, if nothing else, and, you know, it's not... Oh, how, how, it's a bad franchise. How bad could they have fucked it up? How badly could they have fucked it up? I mean, this is a franchise where you have... Previously to the release of this one, you had three films. Mm-hmm. One of which was good. That's a 33% rating. Well, that's the thing. It's like Jurassic Park was a standalone movie, and then they decided to make sequels because it was successful. But... Who were the directors on the other two? Steven Spielberg directed the two. first one. He directed the second he one as well. He also directed Lost World. Yes, he did. Oh, wow. Um, mm. The guy who directed World, whose name escapes me, I know it, um, but he directed a movie called um, Safety Not Guaranteed, which was a fantastic film. Okay, here. His name is Colin Trevorrow. And he did indeed direct Safety Not Guaranteed, which was a fantastic film. This is his seventh directorial. Well, one there was a short film. There was, right. but anyways, that was a great movie, and I've said it before, and I'll say it again. Having seen that film, there was a no particular sense of the word, a logical thought process going. Wow, that movie was great. This is the guy who's gonna make the next Jurassic Park movie. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah. I well, you know, you can't always That's think that you way can't with directors. Call. I yeah. mean, everybody said, like, Mark Webb was going to be terrible, and then he proved everybody wrong with Spider-Man. Yeah, he was worse than terrible. But um, So what, what, what's your beef with this movie, partner? Oh, so fucking stupid. It was weapons-grade level stupid. Weapons-grade retarded. It was weapons-grade retarded. Like, that kind of stupid that you can only get watching a real, like, a self-aware B-movie. You mm-hmm. have self-aware B-movies like Black Dynamite, and Kung Fury, or even Pacific Rim. Movies of which, yes, they're stupid. But it's acknowledged that it's really stupid, and so they try to have fun with it. Right? Well, well that's the thing. I, I have no problem with, like, an absurd premise for a film. I think that's great. As long as the movie has the self-awareness to understand what it is. Don't sell me on this actual like legitimate film nobody's going to call pacific rim like a, a big to emotional force. tour yeah. de force it's a, it's a fun stupid action movie 
It doesn't pretend to be anything else. It's about robots fighting giant monsters, and uh, you're not. It's not Schindler's List. But even- Jurassic World, it is also fucking stupid. Now, His r- if they fuck- just a movie embraced has, that a movie has and played with it, then it could have worked. A movie has not come along and hurt my brain this much. Yeah? Like, it insulted me. Hey, man, that's how I felt about Avengers. Yeah. But it, it, was, a, it was a film where I could not believe that this was the same franchise. I mean, Jurassic Park 3 was bad. It was bad. But it knew what it was, and it was nothing more than a simple Yeah, I don't you know, remember anything film. about Jurassic Park 3. I remember barely anything about Jurassic Park 2, and I liked... Jurassic Park won a lot. Yeah. Well, I mean, The Lost World, um, it, it wasn't great, but you can't knock it for not being different. It was a very different film from the first Jurassic Park film. Um, what was the plot? Somebody goes missing in the woods. Well, what happens in uh, The Lost World is InGen, which is a force of which recurs in uh, Jurassic they, World. I don't even remember. Yeah, they were in Jurassic World as well. And they have Who this were they, great the plan. military thing? Yeah, they were the private security. Okay. And they had this great plan to, let's capture some of these dinosaurs, and instead of have this one theme park built in this island in the middle of nowhere, let's bring it to fucking San Diego and make a Jurassic Park theme in San Diego. This is the third one? This is the second one. Meanwhile, you have uh, Jeff Goldblum's character, Ian Malcolm, goes to said same island to look for his wife, I believe it is, who is studying the dinosaurs there. So he goes there, finds her, and... Oh, look, coincidence, they get involved with this big force. And bar the last act of the movie that's basically Godzilla, um, the American one, mind you, it wasn't atrocious. Like, mm-hmm. the last act of the movie is where things really just fall to shit. But it wasn't... It wasn't horrible. Okay? Yeah. Three was the one I think you're thinking of where the kid goes missing, so they get Alan and Grant, and they go back to one of the islands, and they look for him, and... Yeah, I, was, I, I have, um... Yeah. <sighs> A vague memory of watching that movie, yeah, like you're lucky it's by vague. myself. Uh, this is what happens at old age, people. Yeah. Uh, you know what? Now that you start talking about Jeff Goldblum, um, I feel like not he himself, but a character like that is a big part of what this movie was missing. Well, because he had he was an interesting character, and nothing that's against what this movie was lacking. Yeah. Well, nothing against Chris Pratt. I think he was very good in this, but he comes off as, like, generic action hero number six, which is kind of below his pay grade at this point. He could do much better. We've seen him do much better. His character's not terrible. I don't hate him, but it's not enough to carry the film. They didn't have anybody else for, you know, being an ensemble picture like this was, they didn't have anybody that really wowed me in any way. Nobody that I truly cared about. I think the issue that I had with this film... Alright, we'll, we'll start there. We'll start with the characters. Now, what was fantastic about the first Jurassic Park movie was that it was very much a film where if you accept the absurdity of making a theme park with dinosaurs, mm-hmm. it does feel like a very real, actualized environment. Not just the characters, I but... I mean, comparing it to this, it is, it, it, it's downright dark and gritty. Like, yeah. well, I mean, it's, it's almost Christopher Nolan's Batman versus... Fucking Batman Joel and Robin. Yeah. yeah, it's what it is. Is speaking of Batman and Robin, there. Anytime I see something running along another a, a dinosaur, that's what I think of. Is Batman <laughs> skating down that brontosaurus? And in this film, spoilers, we have a Velociraptor at the end <laughs> climbing a T Rex to fight a bigger Super T Rex. 
This movie was fucking stupid. Um, but that's getting ahead of ourselves. That's go, getting ahead of us. We'll, 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 we'll address the, the Whatever. This movie was fucking allergic to plot is what it was. But we'll, we'll get to that later. Um, characters. The first film, you had characters like Dr. Grant or uh, John Hammond or Ian Malcolm. And they felt like very real, actualized people. People who, in that circumstance, would react the way that they did. Even their dialogue, the way that they handled conversations. Jeff Goldblum, yes, he... Had some funny quips, um, but it was never something that would derail a scene. It was just his character acting as his character would in the scene, in the context of what was happening. And that was great, not only because it felt real, but it also gave you a sense of dynamic to who the character was and what this ensemble cast was when brought all together. This movie, fucking everyone was a cartoon character. Yeah, they were all every, broad archetypes. Every, everyone, not, only, not only were they broad archetypes, cliche characters but they were extreme end of the spectrum type characters Mm -hmm. like yes you have the uptight businesswoman controlling person who is a fucking i there's no other way they were cartoon characters of themselves they were parodies of their own character it's like you know when you saw dr evil and austin powers and he was just the extreme parody of what any villain in that situation would be sure this is every character of this movie Mm -hmm. so you have you have controlling businesswoman who is a fucking cartoon character. You have Chris Pratt who is generic action movie hero with lacking all subtleties of charm and charisma that Chris Pratt normally has. And you have literally Dr. Evil who wants to give assault rifles to Velociraptors. Mm-hmm. <sighs> well, particularly uh, with the Chris Pratt character and the um, uh, Bryce Dallas Howard. Okay. Both of them, um, they're that perfect foil. You have, like, roguish kind of uh, action hero, rough-around-the-edges type guy versus uptight businesswoman um, who's, who's, who's all business, no play. All work, no play. Yeah, and even in watching this movie, it, it, I mean, you hit the nail on the head with watching a movie. Uh-huh. I mean, granted, yes, you're supposed to watch a movie. But the first film felt like an actual environment. Mm-hmm. That it was a park and this was a situation and they're being brought in to consult on this park. And it was very free-flowing and almost organic thing. And mm-hmm. this just feels so sterile. Like, it's a, it's a movie written to be a bad movie. And I like that you said sterile. I think that's the right word for it. Um, I think... It, the movie, and I think that part of the problem is that uh, it was shot in 3D, and we didn't see it in 3D. We saw it in the, the standard format. Yeah, the um, otherwise known as let's watch a clear picture version. Right. Everything looked flat, but not in, like, you know, two-dimensional flat as it's obviously going to be. I mean, flat is an uninteresting. If you think back to the first Jurassic Park, that movie had a lot of atmosphere. Yeah, that it movie did. had... It looked like a real environment. It looked like they were running around on an island off the coast of Costa Rica. It was, like, raining all the time. Everybody was dirty. It, it just looked uncomfortable. <laughs> like, yeah. It, it, and it helped uh, give the story itself, like, a sense of... Uh, it helped raise the stakes. You were just like, this... this it sucks. all looks real to me. Yeah. Um, this, it's just a bunch of clean, pretty people running around the rainforest... Not getting dirty. There's one scene where the two kids um, jump into a, off of a waterfall, and then they climb out into like this bank of mud. 
And then when they get up, they're completely clean. Yeah. And like, even, that it just washes away instantly, I even, even in the shot reverse shot of them talking to each other, the mud disappears and then yeah, reappears in their faces. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, which, it, that's a problem not with the film itself. That's a technical problem. No, that's the problem with has. the film itself. I mean, it's fucking continuity. And you yeah. also want, you want it to look Real? consistent. I, I, I never... Just think about things like that dinosaur sneezing on the two kids and just being like, ew, that's like... It just it adds this extra layer of, of, of authenticity to the whole experience because it, they're interacting with the environment and the environment is interacting back. I never felt at any point in this movie that any of the characters were in any sort of danger whatsoever. Yeah, because it all felt like it was a it was a sterile by the numbers. I, I would go as far to say children's film. Yes, people are eaten in the movie, but it's all very PG. Mm-hmm. And not PG in the sense where Jurassic Park, the original, was PG-13. I mean, PG in the sense where I could be fucking watching Power Rangers Dino Charge and the dinosaurs are just as believable. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, it, it was, you know, it's it's an all-audiences type movie. I'm sure that it was rated PG-13, but, I mean, it doesn't really matter. Um, I just felt like there were there were no... There were stakes, I suppose, but I just didn't care about anything. And going back to the broad archetype characters, looking at a movie like Pacific Rim, all of the characters are archetypes. Um, Absolutely, 100%, like, almost one-dimensional characters. However, the film itself is fun enough. It has fun. It doesn't take itself too seriously. Because they know that people are coming to see this movie to watch giant robots feet... Uh, fight giant squid monsters and that's what it delivers and therefore you don't really care you're not like oh the story's not doing it for me the movie (laughs) delivers on its promise like you didn't come there for you know a heavy plot you didn't come to see Citizen Kane you didn't come to see some Oscar picture right but I mean before we get off characters can we just attract can we just talk about the children actors for for a second Um, okay they were in this movie, and they did nothing for me but constantly derail the pacing of what was happening. Mm-hmm. It was it was annoying. I mean, they, their acting was fine. I mean, they vaguely had that sense of, oh, we're looking at a tennis ball marker face at a lot of points in the movie. But their, their acting was fine. The issue that I had was with the writing in general, because there are certain plot elements that were brought up once... Yeah. And then never mentioned again. Okay, what do you, like, the divorce. Yeah, there's um, there's one part where one of the kids breaks well, down crying. Yeah, we'll set it up. Uh, these kids, they, they the parents, the movie opens with the parents taking them to an airport so they could go to Jurassic World, which is, it's, is it opening? Is this like a grand opening type thing? No, or has I it mean, been open? No, it's, it's been, been open, open for a while. Because okay. they're doing new attractions. Yeah, and the time that I'm watching it, I'm like, uh... Why are they going by themselves? I don't understand. Why don't they just tell... Why, why aren't the parents going? And then you come to find out later that it was... The parents are getting a divorce, and apparently they're sending the kids away so they could get the divorce. And when they come home, they'd be like, Surprise! <laughs> That's, yeah. Which is shitty. But, I mean, they do bring up this divorce thing. Um, granted, they didn't give us any indication whatsoever that there was a problem. It was just like, oh, we're going to go visit our aunt, who their aunt is Bryce Dallas Howard. She works at the park. Um, and I don't know. Did you get any indication that there was something going on prior to that? No. In the scene that they had with the mother and the father, there was no indication of that whatsoever. Because I did find it strange. I was like, why aren't the parents going with them? 
but that was it I after that just, i was i just kind of forgot about it i thought they just wanted to kill their children that's why you send them to a place with man-eating dinosaurs yeah, um, that's what I mean. right the whole thing is that's fine if you want to include a story arc where it's about you know the children come to terms with their parents splitting up fine whatever it's never mentioned again mm-hmm. it's never once brought up in any form of context well to get it, back to what no Michael, resolution yeah. to it it just feels so completely out of left field it's like one of those it's it's like one of the screenwriters like all right so here's an idea we'll put a pin in it and we'll come back to that later yeah and then it, through the times where it changed hands through one of the eight other screenwriters for this movie that was just lost Mm-hmm. And right, right. We see them at the the park. They're going through like these attractions. They have like a petting zoo. They have uh, a couple of other things. And then they're on um, like a monorail or something. And the kid starts crying. And he's like, "Do you think mom and dad are going to get a divorce?" And you come to find that he he found notes from two separate lawyers. And he googled it. The kid's supposed to be really smart. Well, the whole thing is, I I affection well not so affectionately referred to these kids as bat and man because they have the inexplicable ability to work themselves out of any situation ever presented in this movie with little to no effort simply because well i mean the screenwriters need to get them from point a to point b as quickly and effortlessly as possible but again so yeah they find a jeep that hasn't been working since the first film 22 years ago and guess what Mm-hmm. The, car, the kids can the make line it. is amazing it really is <laughs> they're like they get they've been chased by the big t-rex thing um so this is like i don't know about the midpoint in the movie and they come across this old abandoned workstation from the original jurassic park and in it there are those iconic jeeps that you see in the movie but they've been the place has completely fallen into disrepair it's been reclaimed by the jungle and the older kid says to the younger kid and i shit you not (laughs) he's like hey remember that time we fixed up grandpa's old malibu and that was the end of that. And then they cut back to whatever else is going on. And next time we see the kids, they've gotten this car completely repaired. And and you were saying that cars don't work like that because you had a car, correct? Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I still do in Florida. Last time I went back to Florida, which I was living in New York at that time for maybe four months. Um, by the time I got back, I uh, tried to start the car, and obviously it, it was dead. The battery was dead, but we couldn't get it fit. Like we we got an estimate, and they wanted some absurd amount of money to get it fixed. They're like, "Yeah, it's been sitting there. You can't. We ha- we have to fix it up." And so it, it just ended up being easier to rent a car for the time that I was down there than fix it. And this was after four months, let alone twenty two fucking years in the middle of the goddamn jungle. And even like Tw- so- it's four months sitting in a garage, <laughs> like. <laughs> Yeah, and this this car is there are fucking vines over it. I'm sure there are centipedes crawling all over it. Well, and the thing is, like, I, apparently it was gassed up too. But we also had a problem in Florida. Um, like, whenever you have hurricane season and it knocks out the power for a while, you stock up on gas. And if you leave the gas cans outside, there's going to be water getting into the tanks and it makes the gas unusable. But you want to tell me that they're in the middle of the fucking rainforest in Costa Rica? In Costa Rica, and there hasn't been a rainstorm to water down anything. It's just it was an absurd premise, and it's the entire place had fallen into disrepair it wasn't just like the inside of a garage it was the top of it was smashed there was there there was light like it it was completely fucked yeah it was but they put a battery in it they put a car battery they pick up a car battery and they put a new one in it and i'll go with them and say okay maybe the 17 year old knew how to do that but 
Why would that battery still work when the car battery that was in the car didn't work? It's still a fucking battery that hasn't been charged in 22 years. Even They even picked up the night vision goggles from the first film, and those still fucking worked. Yeah, because, like, heavy machinery, really sophisticated technology uh, sitting in the middle of a, a, a rainforest isn't going to... And even, even small break. things, it's, it's like... It's very reliable on, on top of this kid memorizing every form of species of um, dinosaur, on top of him... You know, them being able to fix a car, pull that out of their ass. He, he also wears a fanny pack, which they inexplicably pull out like MacGuffins. I mean, they're, they're going through this dark area. He's like, hey. And they set it up, at least. They do say, like, when they're in the thing, he's like, cover up your nerd pack. Yeah. And then and then later, the kid's like, hey, you still have those matches? And you're like, what fucking matches? Why does this kid need matches? Is he a chain smoker at eight years old? Like, what the fuck? Well, that's the thing. Going back to the archetype situation is these were two broad archetypes you had the disinterested teenager um and then you had the awkward uh overly intelligent uh younger plucky sidekick he was basically data from the goonies um except not as fun or asian he could have no i'm just kidding um (laughs) this this movie it's it's one of those movies where you ever see a film and it's written purely out of convenience like oh why does this happen at the same time why are these two characters conveniently meeting at the same basically into the woods have you seen Into the Woods? No. Every I've char- seen the musical. Every character, well, you probably know then how every character inexplicably runs into the other character at the most opportune moments, mm-hmm. just purely coincidental. Sure. And that's done because there it's was... It's becoming Game of Thrones. I yeah. And and it's it, they just do it purely out of coincidence because the screenwriters needed that to happen. Yeah. There's no forethought to it. There's no sense of logic worked into it. But that's literally this entire movie. Well, I mean, in the musical, they play that up. Like, it's, it's, it's obviously supposed to be ridiculous. But... I don't know. I didn't see the one with Meryl Streep that just came out. I haven't seen it. Um, Sucked. <laughs> I'm not a fan of the musical either. But even things like this movie. Oh my god! It was. It tried to be self-aware at points. There was a point in the beginning where. Okay. Well, then I will say this because we have come to find out this was written by eight different screenwriters. Right. Credits, and it's probably more than that because usually when you have like big script, Franken scripts like this, they have ghostwriters as well. Right, and there's actually like a legal battle going on between the screenwriters right now to see who gets credit for this film, which after seeing the film, and Who wants why? credit for this film? <laughs> why? Um, yeah, but it, it, there are times that in the film where I feel you could definitely tell which sections are written by different people. Um, the times when they are self-aware, I thought it was great. That being said, they didn't do it nearly enough, and it was always a, kind of a half-assed, watered-down version of what it should have been. Um, there's one joke early on where the... Uh, I random Texas support guy number two. Well, we'll, well no, he's him, not even random. He's we'll, like we'll relatively him, famous. Jake Johnson is his name. All right, we'll call him not Sam Jackson. We'll call him not Charlie Day because he looks... And sounds exactly like Charlie Day from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. And he almost always plays the same character. And that's funny because in uh, Pacific Rim, Charlie Day plays that character. That exact character. Like the goofy, awkward tech guy. Um, In this movie, it's Jake Johnson who's like the... Really the more expensive version, I guess. Now he's in bigger things. But... uh, It's it's the same type of character. Anyway, he's wearing a shirt that says Jurassic Park. And, and the joke is, he got it off of eBay, um, it's from the first one, and she's like, isn't that in poor taste? And then go on, you know. Yeah, and they're like, isn't that in poor taste? It's like, oh yeah, it's a tragic event, people died, uh, sad and all. And he says, and I should you know, I was like, but you gotta admire the first one. I mean, there was so much heart to it, and everything was so practical. 
and it did nothing for me but highlight how shitty everything in this movie looks. Mm-hmm. Everything is so... It's it's not sincere. It just feels inauthentic. Yeah. You know? And, and highlighting that not only brings it to my attention, but it also reminds me that I'm sitting in a movie that's being compared to a much better movie. Mm-hmm. But, like, I'm, what I would say is, like, had it gone balls out and really hammered home the fact that it knew that it was not as good as the original Jurassic Park and that it was just a soulless cash grab, but that was, like, a wink-wink, non-type situation, like a 21 Jump Street. Yeah. Where, um, like, the whole joke is that this whole thing is fucking ridiculous. I think that could have been awesome. Um, because you've never seen a movie like that, other than 21 Jump Street, but you've never seen anything... <laughs> on the scale of Jurassic Park that was like that. Like, could you imagine if they did, like, a major Hollywood blockbuster uh, superhero-type movie where they're just like, yeah. Like, what if DC's whole MO was, like, those Marvel movies? It's pretty dumb. It's gotten dumb. And we know that, and that's the joke. So now, like, Batman versus Superman, there's, like, I don't know, gay jokes. There's, like, with Batman and Robin, there's, like, self-aware Superman movie. That's what I want to see. And that's fine. That's fine if you want to do that. But it, it happens so infrequently and so randomly that... It... No, it's because, yeah, the, it, it, a quarter of the... or an eighth of the movie was like that, and the other, you seven. know, seven-eighths were all completely different as well. It was a Franken-script. Yeah. It's it's like someone word-vomited post-it notes, and they just kind of connected the dots with them. Mm-hmm. You know? So you end up with this really fucked-up-looking line graph of what a movie should be. And unfortunately, none of it was good. Yeah. It just—I I swear to God, I and I, I put this out on Twitter too. This either this movie was either written by ten writers or one ten-year-old, and mm. I'd, I'd probably go for the former, but the latter seems more and more likely the longer I watch the movie. It's just this movie was a fucking train wreck. It was a train wreck. And you were talking earlier about Pacific Rim, and the thing about Pacific Rim is, yes, it was very self-aware of what it was, and. It was it was a new it was a new franchise. It was something that was going to establish that yes, it is ridiculous. Jurassic Park, the original, never in its never in its runtime was it ever mocking itself. It was a very serious film. Granted, yeah, a little ridiculous, dinosaurs in a theme park, but it was a very serious theme. And that's why you had these very existential conversations between Dr. Grant and But you're never going to be Malcolm. able to recreate Jurassic Park. You're never going to be able to recreate the feeling that you got when you were watching Jurassic Park because it's already been done. And if they want to go and make like a straight reboot or something, it's going to highlight the fact that it's a ridiculous premise because it's been done before. And the only thing that I think when watching that movie is it's been done better. Why am I even here? Yeah. Jurassic World, you did nothing for me but make me want to watch Jurassic Park again. And now I think that the only audience that I could see this really playing to and, and, and working really well for is younger kids that have not been exposed to the first Jurassic Park who will kind of be in awe at the look of these dinosaurs. Well, I mean, and the, the dinosaurs la- look fine. The I last mean, act of the film felt like I was watching a five-year-old play with dinosaurs. Yeah, and I mean, it's going to play to that audience. But... Uh, <sighs> I on the design of the dinosaurs. Um I feel like there was they all kind of looked the same. Yeah. They were and, all blue. And you know, it is actually really funny that Jurassic Park was a movie that reinvigorated reinvigorated the study of dinosaurs. It was a movie where no one gave a shit about dinosaurs at that point, but Jurassic Park came out and everyone suddenly gave a shit about dinosaurs, so it propagated the research of dinosaurs even more. 
And in the time since then, we've made all these discoveries like, oh, guess what? They had feathers. Oh, guess what? They had color. Oh, guess what? They don't actually look like that. Velociraptors, yeah, that's not what they look like. Well, um, nobody ever thought that that was what Velociraptors looked like. There's another dinosaur that was closer in form to the Velociraptors but of the, the name film. Isn't as cool. But yeah, the name doesn't sound as well. And I don't give a shit about that. Like, but, I don't care about the scientific validity of any of it. Yeah, because it's all fucked up. Yeah. But, but the, the funny thing is. It was a movie that propagated the research, and now that we have that research, they're going to just completely ignore it? Well, yeah, but, like, I, what do you want, feathers on the dinosaurs? That would look fucking stupid. It's dumber than a velociraptor riding a T-Rex into battle? No, but, I mean, like, you wouldn't be able to... Let's Okay, let's forget what this movie is, and we're going to pretend that we're just watching the first Jurassic Park for the first time. If you were watching that movie, and the dinosaurs all had multicolored feathers... Would it enhance the experience for you? You'd be like, this looks stupid. That's how I felt about Jurassic World anyway, so it wouldn't matter. But I'm just saying, like, in a world where it was it was a good movie, I don't think that adding any of this research makes it any better. Like I that, feel like... When I hear people make arguments like that in movies, and you hear it a lot, especially, like, on the internet, and people that are not movie people are like, well, scientifically, I'm like, well, that's not the point of movies. I don't care the about that. The International Space Station doesn't float at the same... Orbit as satellites do, so gravity sucks. Yeah, I'm like that's up. not the point. Like, yeah, that's not the point. <laughs> it's it's a movie. It's, it's supposed to make you feel something. Where this movie fails is not only in the scientific validity, but also it failed to make me feel anything but just revulsion and you know kind of made me laugh in the worst possible way. Oh, I I was laughing immediately from the get go. I I think the first time I laughed is when. When the movie was building up and when the kids first got to the park, you had that kind of semblance of the old Jurassic Park theme. And then they pull it out. They they whip their dick out and they, they blow their entire load on the the whole fucking tri- the whole triumphant horns Jurassic Park theme that plays oh, that plays in Jurassic Park when they first see the Brontosaurus. The first time you fucking see dinosaurs brought to life on the big screen, that is worth having this big triumphant theme the only time of which they bring it out in this new film is when they give this overhead overview of the park you don't see any dinosaurs you just see buildings it, it looked like a commercial for SeaWorld. yeah like it looked like it could have been a commercial for the jurassic park section of the islands of adventure theme park only that would look better because it actually looks like jurassic park like it's a cool looking thing looks like the first movie yeah but you have this nice overview of what amounts to basically huts and buildings to this triumphant horn music and i was sitting there and i just fucking burst out laughing because my immediate thought was oh they got they they fucked this up they have no idea what they're doing um and yeah so when by the time you finally see the dinosaurs it just feels like oh yeah and by the way here's the velociraptors and it there's 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 no substantialness to it mm-hmm. there's no there's no payoff there's no revel in it it's just like Guess what? Here are buildings. Oh, yeah, yeah. By it, the way, it, dinosaurs. It, it was a weird moment. Um, it 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 didn't ha- it, it didn't fit. I was kind of I was it, taken out. Know, I was like, what? It was really funny too, because when you're going over the park, you're seeing like, oh, there's a sushi restaurant, there's a Starbucks, there's a Brookstone, and I'm like, well, here's the thing what? about that. I appreciate the 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 product placement in this movie because the way that they did it was they incorporated it into the theme park, and it looked like Universal City Walk. It did. Like, it did. It literally looked like... Um, and I, think- I, I even laughed and I made a comment about it. There was a Jimmy Buffett Margaritaville, which is a <laughs> restaurant that you only find at, like, Universal Studios. There's one in Hawaii, actually. Yeah? Yeah. It's well, on Waikiki Boulevard. 
Um, but it's in a touristy area. Yeah, and they, and and there were there were even jokes because in order to get these new dinosaurs, like there was a plot point where companies come and sponsor uh, dinosaurs. So they even made a joke like Verizon Wireless presents the Indominus Rex, and I mean that that's, they said it's why funny. not just name it after the dinosaurs, and they made some jokes, and that that's what I appreciate. If they had that sort of subversive humor where they're poking fun at themselves, I mean like, hey, look at this cash grab, look at all the fucking product placement that we have in this movie. It's Isn't more than funny? Man of Steel. I would have been like, great, great, make fun of yourself. I lo- I love self awareness in films. I love self deprecation. Um, <laughs> but this it just didn't our go lives. far enough. Yeah, it, it it didn't go far enough with that. It kept it be. It, and it started it, to become what it was making fun of, and then you're like, mm-hmm. it's it's like the first Kick-Ass movie, where as much as I love it, it faces the problem where it's becoming the very thing that it's trying to mock, and in se- in that sense, it loses all sense of what it was trying to accomplish. Well, that's because Mark Millar is fucking um, uh, just ADD. Like the original uh, Kick-Ass w- outline was just was supposed to be yeah. Kick-Ass, and then Hit Girl and Big Daddy were going to be something else, and then he was like, well, I can't really figure out a good story for either of them, so I'll slap them together and call it a you know thing and it worked but yeah it does become what it's mocking but uh, back to Jurassic world it was it, it okay in the first film it had very two different it had two different tones between when they were setting the film up between when shit starts hitting the fan in this film the tone is consistent throughout the entire movie and by tone is consistent i mean there was no tone whatsoever uh so they'll have these really scenes that I guess are trying to be intense and then a character will say something of which I believe the screenwriters thought would be quote-unquote funny um and it does nothing but derail the entire scene in every sense of the word like it diffuses all sense of tension when you literally have Chris Pratt almost turning to the screen winking and going don't worry I'm Arnold Schwarzenegger I got this well I would uh, agree with that to an extent because I thought it was stupid as well but I think that things like that you have to divorce yourself from um it, the the absurdity of it because it did play with a lot of people in the yeah it, he had he had one-liners that would make schwarzenegger from commando proud yeah and but, it was not delivered ironically right right but it it was purposely done um that uh, i would not be certain about that no i i'm 100 certain about it because they know how to write stupid jokes at the end of the day, that's this. This movie was not ma- made to be, you know, it wasn't supposed to be a great piece of cinema. Which right. is, it's like it's a shame because you don't have to be bad. Like all of the positive remo- reviews of this movie seem to be saying that oh, it's, it's stupid a, fun. It's a big stupid popcorn movie, and that's fine. But you know what? Like you don't have to be that. Jurassic Park was a massive blockbuster, and it also wasn't completely intellectually devoid. No, it was a very. In- I can't believe I'm saying this. It was a very intelligent film because it dealt a lot with the we can but should we kind of element of what humans can create and this whole control versus nature and how despite adversities, despite whatever we tried and put fences around, it's not going to work. And it became this very in-depth look not only at what humanity control, but what humanity is in controlling itself. And it was great. It was fantastic. And on top of that, yes, it was also a great action movie. Um... This film was neither. Mm-hmm. It was it was a comedy. Like I've I have not laughed this hard in a movie in a long time, and it wasn't laughing at the jokes that they quote unquote tried to do. Uh, I was laughing at the movie. Yeah. I was honestly laughing at the movie. I haven't laughed this hard at a movie since I've seen The Happening. <laughs> like th- this was there. There's there's the tagline for the movie. It is the funniest movie since The Happening. 
Yeah, I feel like it would work. Um, uh, what else? I, I, the design, I already said something about the design of the dinosaurs. You know what I thought was interesting and interestingly stupid? What? Uh, the velociraptors in this movie, they all had names. They wanted them to be characters in and of themselves, but they all looked identical. Which, I mean... That's racist. Yeah, I guess maybe if I was a velociraptor, I'd be able to tell the difference. But uh, they, they, they all looked exactly the same. And usually in movies, when you have something like that, if you have a, a group of animals that are the same kind of animal and you want them all to have personalities, you make them look a little bit different. You know, like gremlins or something. Like, give one a mohawk. Give one a, <laughs> or a scar on its face. Like, give, you have to make, you have to di- differentiate them. Because to me, they were just a, a pack of lizards. I didn't care about any of them. Not a single one. Even the one that, like, had his valiant rescue of her. Of, of her when I, who fucking cares? They're female, remember? They're goddamn dinosaurs. Nobody gives a shit. Um, was that a conceit of this movie? Did they... Were they all female? No, but that one was. Oh. Yeah, that one where, in slow motion, triumphantly runs to the rescue of the... Mi- Fuck this movie. Well, let's, Fuck this movie. We'll talk about the climax of the film a little bit. Um, it, it Spoilers, I suppose, if you care. Dinosaurs fight other dinosaurs. That's the end. Um, you have the Indominus Rex, which is a uh, Frankenstein's beast, kind of, that, they, that they've generated because they needed a bigger, better dinosaur because people are getting bored and jaded with the real dinosaurs. That I did actually think was hilarious because um, people... And this was funny in and of itself because it kind of plays onto, yes, this is a sequel coming out 22 years later, but yes, we brought the dinosaurs to life in 1993, I believe it was, um, and it was fantastic. It was great. And there's a scene where there's a, what I can't remember, but I'm just going to call it a megalodon because it was big, um, was in a tank. It's like a big and it was going to, you know, fish dinosaur. It was going to come up and shamu You've this seen big great preview. white shark. Yeah. Um, it was going to come up and Shamu, this big great white shark, and there's a teenager there, he's on his phone checking Twitter, and like, yep, yeah, well, that's great, whatever. Because, I mean, people are like that. People yeah. get disinterested really quick. Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know what was funny to me, really bugged me in that scene? Everybody had their phones out and they were filming, and they all get wet. I'm like, what? You're in the splash zone, right? You have to know. Like, even in SeaWorld, they do, like, a splash zone. Why would you have your phone out? It's a phone, Michael. <laughs> They didn't have big fancy otter boxes on them. They were just iPhones. Yeah, I. And the phones kept working. See, that never bothered. One of the things that you said bothered you was uh, when the mother of the film, well, not of the film, of the two kids calls the aunt and says, "The brother can be so mean to him." Well, they played it up like that. Like they, all of the other characters seem to think of this other kid is like fucking Hitler. Like. He he was he was made out to be like a bully, but the worst that he had was he just didn't care. He was yeah, just a regular was, teenager. He was like, yeah, I was a little brother, but I don't know if I want to go flirt with girls. He's seventeen. Like, he 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 was never like making fun of his brother. He never he punched never him in the mean. face. He said he had a nerd bag one time, but it's a fanny pack. Come on, it could be a lot. They worse. are nerd bags. God, that fucking ambulance right now. You go save someone's life elsewhere. <laughs> Turn it off. We hear, we hear you. But, you know, and you're, you're, it's funny, you were talking about the Velociraptors earlier. The strongest emotional attachment in the film, I felt, was between Chris Pratt and his raptors. Oh, and... That's the only emotional no, you connection tell because that the I audience, felt. The audience was aud- audibly connected to them. Like, they're, whenever something would happen to them, they, they, they would react. Vocally. Yeah. 
Usually that was laughter, though. It was funny. We, what was your experience like seeing this in a crowded theater on opening night? Um, I, I, I thought it was interesting to hear, because I was laughing the entire time, like uh, unabashedly. So I don't, I don't usually. We hide, both were, yeah. I don't usually hide the fact that I don't like a movie if it's if it's that stupid. Yeah, and I I kind of felt bad because I felt like that one asshole, which you know is usually Tyler in the movies, um, where you're just really really laughing. Because it's hilarious, and it's not supposed to be funny. It's unintentionally funny. Like how I was saying the Amazing Spider-Man 2 scene where Green Goblin shows up and murders Gwen Stacy, spoiler alert. Um, I found really funny. It was just hilarious. Um, and you're not supposed to, and I guess it was in poor taste that it was really funny to me. Um, but I was laughing. This wasn't so bad because the movie was loud and I was still laughing, but that more so because it was like a no audio scene, and it was very quiet, and you see... Gwen Stacy get her face bashed in, but that's neither here nor there. This was really funny, and we were both laughing almost hysterically throughout the piece. And the audience reacted in ways that kind of surprised me. They were with it at first. They they they, they seemed to enjoy the movie, and then as we kept laughing, they started to laugh with us. Yeah. I think they slowly t- started to turn on the movie as it progressed. Um... But in all fairness, it did get more ridiculous as time went on. But, okay, so getting back to the climax of the movie, uh, we, we... Oh, you know what I want to mention before that? Okay, yeah, so... Let's say the climax of the end. Um, well, I still want to talk about Game of Thrones, and we're 43 minutes into this. But, uh, where... Uh, I have more to say. Oh, I mean, whatever. <laughs> But uh, the, the, that English lady, the nanny, yeah. um, when the kids show up, they're given this, like... I don't know, like this au pair that comes and like takes them around the park because the aunt's too busy doing science. And um, you know, when they finally reunite with her towards the end of the film, she gets picked up by a pterodactyl, and then it like it picks her up, flies her up maybe twenty feet and drops her, and then another one picks her up, and it's supposed to be this moment of like tension, like watching her being dropped. If the movie had just been that for the next hour and a half. <laughs> Of just her being picked up by dinosaurs and dropped in hilarious ways and then her situation <laughs> getting worse and worse as it progressed, I would have been so happy. Like, I would pay, I would see that movie as many times as you've seen Mad Max. But it, alas, it did not. She ends up getting eaten by the fish. Spoilers. <laughs> yeah. This movie, this movie was so fucked stupid. But. I can't, I can't even, you can't even comprehend. Let's, let's talk about the CGI real quick. So, I would say, whereas Mad Max Fury Road was, I would say, 80-85% practical effects, this movie was 90-95% to 95% CG. Yeah. I think there was only one shot of which I saw and was convinced that's a practical effect. Bravo. Um, and that is a point where Chris Pratt is, like, trying to calm down a brontosaurus because it's going to die. And, um... Yeah, it's a, it looks like a big rubber head. Yeah, it looks like... It, which, I mean, it doesn't look bad. It looks acceptable. I never once saw it like I was watching the first Jurassic... I mean, I I can go back and watch the original Jurassic Park and go, Wow, that fucking eye dilated. That's mm-hmm. that's awesome. That's a living creature. Sure. This felt like a rubber head. Yeah. Um, come on, you gotta get Studio ADR on that shit. But, but nevertheless, and it, it felt fine. Like, okay, they're doing practical effect in this scene. That's cool. And then the, the camera angle switches, and then you see that practical effect blend into CG. Not so seamlessly. And in movies where 
story is paramount, I would usually say. This is not the case. This this is this is meant to be like San Andreas, where it's just someone took two hundred million dollars and sneezed it onto a TV screen because like, oh look, I can make a dinosaur. Um, it didn't look good. No, it didn't. It it, it looked noticeable. It looked really noticeable and that was the case for the whole film now it wasn't jurassic park three levels bad but at no point did i ever look at this movie and go that's better than jurassic park sure this movie already looks dated and it's been out for a day i don't think it looks dated i just don't think that using cg on top of real life to the extent that it does has ever looked good or ever will look good if you look at any of the dinosaurs by themselves isolated out of context they look fantastic however you can't seamlessly integrate that onto you can't composite it onto real life it still does not look right it looks like a fucking pixar cartoon and the thing that the original jurassic park did so well is that it was mostly animatronics and they had and when it needed to be cg when you couldn't have you know a big robotic t-rex obviously walking around then they integrated it yeah and that movie still 22 years later looks better than this looks better than king kong or any of like the big cgi spectacles have ever looked and as long as they continue to just use pure cgi it looks it will look better than they ever will look because it we just not we have not come to the point technologically where you could create a, a, a computer generated image that looks real. It's always got that uncanny valley effect where you're like, oh, it looks passable, but I could still tell. Yeah. The original Jurassic Park was seamless. Like yeah. it was I cannot they, think of a single scene in they, that movie where I was like, oh. Well a lot of it was actually they, some of the things with the Velociraptors uh towards the end when they're running and stuff, you could kinda tell. But Well a lot of it they used um it was CG, and it was mainly for the wide-angle shots, for things that were kind of far away. And yeah. You could see that. And for every time there was an actor sitting... I mean, the, the kitchen scene in and of itself is a fucking fantastic... One of the best scenes in cinema. Um, yeah, you think about the tension in that scene and compare right. it to anything that happened in this movie. Yeah, There's and it, it felt real. No like, characters comparison. felt like they were yeah. in danger, and they reacted. You cared about the characters. Yeah. You, like, those were stupid little, like, archetypal kids, too. And I don't like kids in movies. It just You bugs don't like me. kids in general. I don't. Um, but you felt for them. You felt that tension. There was none of that in this movie. Yeah. Not a single instance did I feel anything for any of these characters. Well, I think this whole thing is this movie is supposed to pander to kids and not the way the first one was like, oh, look, at dinosaurs are cool. This is like, oh, kids, look, you can come pet the dinosaur. He's your friend. And that's what I hate because that's fucking lazy. Now, you could have a movie... That appeals to both kids and adults. Because kids are going to buy the stupid toys either way. Because dinosaurs are fucking cool. You could still make a good movie. You don't have to be lazy and just be like, oh, well, fuck it. It doesn't have to make sense. It's for stupid babies. The Dark Knight franchise nailed it because they realized that you don't have to Joel Schumacher Schumacher it and do fancy colored LED Batman, you know, just so you can have the fancy colored LED Batman toy. You can have the fancy color LED Batman toy and just still make a serious movie, and kids are going to buy it irregardless. Mm-hmm. That's not a word. Regardless. There you go. Fuck you. Um, but no, Some it's... I Twitter last night, too. Yeah, fuck you. Um, but, I mean, there are even points where they try to replicate shots. Like, there was the one shot in the original Jurassic Park. I actually think it was in the kitchen scene where you see the velociraptor's feet and, like, the toe kind of does that thing where it yeah. clinches upward. Um, and they, they do that in Jurassic World with the Indominus, and it... It, it doesn't look good. It just looks not only like a shameless 
not necessarily even callback, but like a ripoff. But even the deaths in this movie it felt comical. You know? Yeah. No, there was the first time that it kills someone. Um, it, it, they, the entire thing was retarded. Um, they get into the Indominus Rex's pit lair thing because it's hidden itself. Yeah. To which uh, they later, to trick people to which they later, because it's a brilliant super lizard. Yeah. To which they later say like, oh, guess it could do this because part of its DNA is from a frog, and the frog can do that, and this is part of this other lizard from the Amazon. It can also do that, and this is from this, and it's like, shut up. Right. Shut I, up. I don't know which like did they put human dna in there as well because like it like it's reasoning it had abstract reasoning that was ridiculous it it knew to do things that it that a person wouldn't know to do had you been raised in a pit like that like it knew how to trick the computers it knew how to hide from the the cameras how the fuck does it know what that is um but it hid itself somehow, somewhere in the cage. Where did it hide in that cage? Well, I mean, I don't know, but they later say, Oh, guess what? It can camouflage! And they're like... Oh, right. <laughs> I mean, let's talk about that for a second. They used... no, let's, let's talk about the first death first. We'll get no, 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 no. Because no. you just mentioned the camouflage. It's uh, from a cuttlefish. Have you ever seen animal camouflage? Okay, it's not go- It's not Predator. <laughs> it, it's, it's able to hide itself... From creatures that have shitty eyes that won't be able to discern the difference between, like, dirt and a fucking rattlesnake. That is not how camouflage works in real life. A bunch of humans with fucking assault rifles looking for this 40-foot lizard in a very small rainforest would not be tricked by it changing colors. Yeah, That's, and they were Did it also go invisible? <laughs> That's fucking stupid. <laughs> You can camouflage. <laughs> and that was painfully stupid. It, this whole movie was fucking painfully stupid. But let's get back to that first that first death. There was there was a Mexican worker that was killed first. It was a black guy, actually. Who was it? I yeah. have no idea. Um, racist. I don't care. No, I'm but, just saying it's always it's always it's another fucking Hollywood trope that is absurd. That it's 2015 and you're like, okay, yeah, you got to kill the black guy first. Yeah, but at least they killed the white guy second. Yeah, and there and then the big fat security guard who was terrible at his job. Paul Blart was in this movie. <laughs> Paul Blart, it would it would have made this this movie so great if that was actually Paul Blart did a cameo. But but they they go in and try to find it and it had hidden itself, I suppose. Um, and then Chris Pratt's like, "Oh man!" As they're saying, "Close the gates. We need to figure this out." Chris Pratt finally realizes, like, "Oh no, it tricked us." <laughs> and. And he says it like so, that too, yeah. completely straight faced and serious. And so it comes out. It eats the black guy. Then, like, they get out of the gate just by the nick of their the skin of their balls. And uh, Chris Pratt hides underneath a a car and cuts the gas line because apparently by dousing himself in gasoline, it won't be able to smell him. Did they ever say that, or were we just supposed to figure that out? Uh, you were just supposed to figure that out. I guess. I mean, because I, I gotta. Well, I think that spoon feeds well, no, you literally they did, everything else. No, they did like, spoon feed you that as well to a degree because she does say, "Change your shirt." They're very sensitive to smell. She's yeah. making fun of him, but then you're, that was literally directly before this next scene. So uh, I guess we do figure. Yeah, you know, he, he is disguising himself with the smell of gasoline. But the other fat guy. Um, <laughs> the other fat guy. The fat well, guy. The fat guy. Paul Blart, yeah. mall cop. Uh, the guy. He. 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 he 
I guess maybe he can't fit under the truck. <laughs> yeah. I remember, like, looking at him, he wasn't, like, comically fat. It's not <laughs> like he couldn't fit under a truck. He, he just he had a gut. He wasn't a thin man by any stretch, but he, he wasn't fucking Jabba the Hutt. <laughs> so he just sits in front of the truck like a teddy bear, like with his, his, his feet outstretched in front of him. And he looks over at Chris Pratt and he just gives his face like, oh man, this is gonna be bad. And then the dinosaur eats him, and I just lost my shit. It was shit. fucking it was hilarious. hilarious. <laughs> it was fucking, like, think back to when the first... Just the way that you see it crunches him gut first. Like, <laughs> I feel like it was it was purposefully comical, I feel like. this. It looked like it was a joke. It's like, I just ate the fat guy. <laughs> well, even, even the deaths in the first Jurassic Park, the very first person that we see die in the original Jurassic Park was actually the very, very beginning of the movie. Um, when the guy gets sucked into the Velociraptor cage, and it's a very tense moment, and yeah, that guy dies, but the first time we see the lawyer get eaten, which, yeah, the lawyer gets eaten, um, he's fucking terrified. Like, he's scared shitless, as you should be. This guy didn't, was not scared, for, he had no sense of self-preservation, he just looked at Chris, he just looked at Chris Pratt, and was like, aww. <laughs> well, just think about, like, God, in the, the, think about how Jurassic Park opens with that scene with the cow. Um, and then compare that. They tried to do a similar thing where they didn't show the big dinosaur. Um, they just showed it in its pen and like you get to see its eye or something. And I felt nothing at all. But you think about that scene where they lower the cow in and then you start and then it, hearing yeah, you it. You hear the things and it comes back up and, and the thing's comes, all and mangled it's, uh, and fucked bloodied up. bloodied fucking yeah, mess. The crane itself is all ripped to shit. It's yeah. horrifying. It's scary. And they don't show the dinosaurs until later on, and it's like the same kind of jaws don't show the monster too early. Yeah. But uh, even, even with they this, attempted like, that in this, but it did not work. Even with this, like the dinosaurs seemed to eat people very clean. Like they, I had never felt afraid. There, there of wasn't it. a lot of blood, and I think that was a ratings thing. Even the first Jurassic Park was very. Uh, it was PG thirteen as well. But even that film kind of pushed yeah, but you the could get a low, away with a lot more in the early '90s than you could right now. Well, I mean, you couldn't get away with an F bomb in a PG thirteen film. No, but that's because we have like weird stigma about sex and swear words but yeah but i mean like but with, but with this film like for being the same rating everything was so clean like it was so sterile and lifeless like even when people died you never thought they would die because it's like oh they went off screen because they never there was never any tension to it mm-hmm. and you know it was actually really funny because there are a lot of points in the movie where uh i guess they were they were calling back to old 80s movies like there was a there was a scene that reminded me of the scene from Alien 3 where the dinosaur is like right next to Chris Pratt and it's doing the alien thing where it's like its mouth is open. There's a scene from Aliens where like everyone has helmet cams and they're all walking and people just start getting picked off and you see from the oh, control yeah. room. And so it, the entire movie, I was just like, this movie's brought to you by a better franchise. Yeah. I mean, at least, at least the Alien franchise had two good movies, right? Yeah. Right? Alien 1 and Alien 4. And also prometheus but anyways i pass all that go ahead climax so they get back to the main theme park center which there were twenty thousand people in that park and they factor into it make for one scene maybe yeah i I thought i thought the movie was gonna play up it was like there's all these people and there's no way to get them off the island like it was yeah. going to be this big chaotic... There's like, one scene with a bunch of pterodactyls kind of attacking people, and then they're just gone. I think maybe, like, one person dies? The British lady. Yeah, the British lady dies? Maybe Margarita Man. 
there's an extra. I th- he's like, God, he, I, if they have an extras version of the Oscars, he's got to win extra of the year. Because I bet this wasn't scripted. But when the things like attack, you see this guy sitting at a table with two margaritas. And he starts to run. Then he goes back and gets the two margaritas. And it was hysterical. And I'm just like, the whole like, fucking oh, theater was bursting was, out that laughing. That was awesome, and it happened so quick too. It's like it, that's why I don't think it was on purpose because it wasn't played up for laughs. It just it was in the midst of the chaos, and you happened to see it. Yeah. Um. So anyway, yeah, they're all gone. Uh, the Indominus Rex, which they're, they're all just on some other part of the island, I guess. Yeah. The I well, I think they 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 got them to safety. What the fuck is going on out there? I hate other people. Yeah, I mean, for for a movie like. I, I hated World War Z as well, um, but one thing that that movie did really well is frantic chaos. Sure. The very first scene where the zombie outbreak is happening and like it, it does frantic very well. This movie had none of that. Even even in the point where the dinosaurs are in the main park and people are in danger, they're literally all sitting down in a waiting area waiting for a boat to come pick them up. And the biggest struggle that they face is, oh god, my iPhone's gonna die before the boat gets here. Mm-hmm. Um, well, there's a, like because the two boats get there, and then like they both have a bomb on them, and then they have to figure out who detonates the bomb first, was, so they don't blow both blow up. That was a, that was a better movie. That was, that was Dark Knight. What? <laughs> but but yeah, this the, the movie the climax comes down, and the the Raptors turn against Chris Pratt, but then through the power of love, they come back on Chris Pratt's side. Um, and then the Indominus Rex fights the Raptors momentarily. And then Bat Kid uh, makes this comment: "Is like it does. They don't have enough teeth. They need more teeth." So which knock off Charlize Theron? Wait, yeah, wait, no. What was that? I remember him saying that. And what? Why? What? I don't get it. Well, he he made a reference earlier in the film with the Megalodon. He's like, it has eighty-eight teeth. And I guess he... It's got 88 teeth. Yeah. That's it? Yeah. I'm, they're fucking huge teeth, but... Doesn't sound like a lot. I've got twice that many teeth. Yeah. Most of them like, in my vagina. What? <laughs> but, but, um, but yeah, he he makes a comment like, they need more teeth, to which knockoff Charlize Theron, what was it, Bryce, Bryce Dallas Howard? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, immediately goes and, goes and says, I know, I'm gonna go get help, to which... I, when that happened, I immediately turned to Tyler in the theater. Like, if she fucking comes back topless and riding a T-Rex playing electric guitar, I'm leaving. Um, no, if that happened, I God, I would have applauded. Because that same thing happened, but it was just a watered-down version of that. Yeah. Um, she runs, and she goes to the T-Rex. Okay, so um, knock off Charlie Day. Uh, randomly at the point. <laughs> randomly in the movie. When everyone's evacuating the island, he, he turns to his co-worker and he's like, No. Someone's got to stay behind. And I immediately screamed out, why? Plot <laughs> 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 convenience. Because <laughs> the screenwriters needed him to open a gate later. But he, he stays behind in this control room doing nothing for a couple hours before Bryce Dallas Howard calls him, tells him to open up a pen. But he was like, someone's got to stay behind. Why? It was, yeah. This movie is so fucking stupid. Um. So anyway, yeah, she gets there and she uh, gets to the dinosaur pen and she calls him. Uh, and tells him to open the cage, and he's like, "No." And she's like, "You must." Girl, she 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 goes for the first time in your life, be a man and open the cage, and he's like, "Okay." I like my version better. Um, 
And so, yeah, he does it and out pops. And I think it was like probably the coolest shot in the movie. And then it quickly devolves into the stupidest thing in the world. Yeah. But like the T-Rex and this has been confirmed by both the screenwriters and the director. This is the T-Rex from the first movie. So when it emerges, they've got the same T-Rex. She's all like gray and scarred and grizzled. And she she emerges from the shadow like a fucking Bond villain. But it it reminds me of the first time we saw this T-Rex in the first one. It was a visual callback. And I was like, oh, that's cool. It's a T-Rex. Um, we haven't seen a T-Rex in this movie. We just saw a stupid super T-Rex. And then she 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 leads she briskly jogs in front of a T-Rex and the T-Rex follows she her like obediently. She like a flare, like a safety flare. She fight the T-Rex obediently. This fucking thing would have ran and ripped her head off right. if it was a T-Rex. This thing has been penned up for God knows how long. Yeah, the T-Rex from the first movie would be ashamed of the T-Rex in the fourth movie, which is awkward because it's the same T-Rex. Yeah. Um, she matured with old age. It's yeah, like, no, yeah, but... I'm okay with she, humans now. She she emerges like fucking Godzilla King of Monsters and is here to like, don't worry, I'm going to beat the other monster to death with my fucking tail. No, and that's literally what it was, <clears throat> is this movie turned into Godzilla. Like, for some reason, some ill-explained reason... The T-Rex comes, and I don't mind the fact that it fought the other one, because it's, uh, it's just animals fighting animals, and that's probably going to happen. But right, like, and you, arguably you could say this is the same thing that happened at the end of the first movie, but what happened in the first movie was the T-Rex appeared and it fought the Out of nowhere. Rappers. If you think back to that scene, it didn't really make sense for the T-Rex to pop up where it did. It's in the middle of the thing. It's like, how did it even get in there? But I'm fine with it. Because yeah, but the whole thing is, it, it was... They, Although they, I'm going to bitch a, about something similar that happens in two minutes. But. Yeah, but they, they made a very big point in the first Jurassic Park movie um, when they're hanging up in that big tree and they're saying, like, they're monsters. And Dr. Grant says, no, they're not monsters. They're... They're just animals. And uh, this movie completely shits on that notion and goes, no, they're not animals. They're monsters. They're killing machines bred for nothing but hunting. Um, but what happened with the T-Rex and the Velociraptors what they, was that they fought out of convenience. Now, I mean, not necessarily convenience, but they fought because it was animal instinct and they were happened to be at the same place at the same time. So, yeah, they fought each other. Mm-hmm. Um, they didn't do it out of any sense of truth justice in the american way for the sake of these people in the park like the t-rex in this movie he was just out of left field like suddenly you have the t-rex fighting for fighting for these people well okay let's let's remove that that lens from it for a second um because I'm fine with it fighting the Indominus because it it didn't really have anywhere else to go and assuming that it gets out there they're going to fight because they're just two giant predators uh so they, they, they fight one another. Then the little tiny raptor, the last living raptor, comes back. It comes back it in climbs. the most glorious slow motion. It climbs it's ridiculous. The, it climbs the T-Rex's tail and then jumps on its head and starts fighting the Indominus for fuck all knows reason. Like... Let's assume that this was an animal, and they have the pack mentality or whatever, so, okay, so maybe it wants to come and defend Chris Pratt, but was he even in that scene? Like, where was he at that point? Chris Pratt, he was hiding with the kids. Okay, so it didn't see him. What reason would this Velociraptor have to come and attack these two bigger dinosaurs when it's all by itself? It, I... Unless it was defending see, even, the people. even that thing, like, as soon as that Velociraptor jumped on the T-Rex's back, the T-Rex would have been, what the fuck, it, like, but, rips it off right. the shoulder but and I, kills yeah, it first. I, I'll go with it when I, I'm seeing the T-Rex and the bigger T-Rex fight, because they, they have to, but, like, this other thing just comes out of nowhere literally to save the people, and you cannot tell me that that's not why it happened. It was being a hero of some stupid sort. And it gets up, and it starts riding this fucking T-Rex around, <laughs> and then biting the other T-Rex, <laughs> the and then they movie. fight... 
But I, when like they start fighting, I I go, I I nudged Michael and I'm like, okay, but well, what are they going to do about the (laughs) T-Rex? It's like, it's the worst way to solve a problem. You're solving a problem with a bigger problem. Oh, but so God. they fight, fucking and you're like, it it starts fucking the T Rex up, kind of. Yeah, they, it's like it's it's curb stomping the T Rex. Yeah, but they 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 fight to the point that they get back to the end of the boardwalk where the water is. Yeah, and the 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 Indominus gets Sam Jackson, Deep Blue Seed, just ripped off the bar the boardwalk by the the megalodon, basically. Yeah. And it's it's really weird because you're thinking, wait. Well, this is where all the villagers and stuff, not villagers, the tourists and stuff hang out. How is it that the giant monster fish thing has access to them? <laughs> like, it just jumps out of the tank and eats the Indominus Rex. But it's it's it, nothing to that part of the park had been damaged. Like, it didn't set up the idea that... Uh, it got loose. Yeah, they. I if that happened, it had to have been a scene that was cut, or I just don't remember it. I don't remember it getting out like into the bigger portion of the water, right? No, it's where it always was. So it could just jump out and kill the fucking people there. Who runs this park? <laughs> How did they get insurance on this place? <laughs> and you know the thing I was thinking. The thing when I when I first saw that introduction of that character, I thought that they were gonna do something really clever and intuitive. Which boy was I fucking wrong, mm-hmm. um, with some legitimate tension, because being in water is a scary enough concept because you don't know what's under you, and then establishing there's this huge fucking fish monster under you would have been terrifying. Like I was that's expecting- big enough to eat a giant great white shark the size of Jaws in a single bite. Yeah, well to be fair, I took two bites. Um, Did it? They did, because it bit the first part, and then the tail fell into the water. Um, but and, but the whole thing I was saying, like, I was thinking that there was going to be a scene where, like, there were people on the monorail, because, you know, the monorail's literally built right over that thing, it, like, within jumping distance of this fucking yeah, tank. Yeah. Um, and I was thinking, okay, maybe the power's going to go out at some point in the movie, and the, the whatever containment field for that big fish killer thing is going to go out, and you're going to have this tense scene where you see the Megalodon under this tram, and you have people in that tram, like, shitting themselves, or maybe you have a scene where someone has to swim across the front of that lake, and it's you know, at night, and it's really tense because you know it's there, and you're just waiting for it, but nothing like that ever happened. Uh, this movie no. did not go out of its way in any way, shape, or form to establish any sort of tension uh it was just a stupid movie and it was a stupid fest and it was retarded it was fucking retarded and uh, to add insult to injury at the end of it at the end of this after after the fuck no i I do want to point out because i just made a big deal about it it's like after the fight the t-rex just does nothing yeah, no. They, they they came one bro fist away from having a fucking It look yeah, there's a scene where the T Rex looks at the Velociraptor that and it they, should be eating. Yeah, and they, they nod have at this each kind other. of like yeah, nod. And I'm like I yeah, there's another time I was like, dude, I wish they bro fisted. <laughs> and the I think the only reason that they didn't do that is because their arms are too small, so they couldn't justify it in the script. <laughs> Although, God, I would almost forgive this movie all of its faults if they just had the raptor jump up and, like, like, and then they, like, bro fist and, like, freeze frames on that and it just says the end. That would have been like, this is the greatest movie ever made. And then this was a fucking, this, this movie was so fucking stupid, I can't even comprehend it at this point. But then at the end again, like, 
right before the credits roll, we get the where you do a swoop over the the fields where the dinosaurs have now, you know, they've reclaimed their natural habitat or whatever. Yeah, they but we roll, see yeah. the T Rex, and it like gives this heroic roar, and it's straight out of a Godzilla movie. Like this is a heroic looking shot, like and where we look at our our friend, the Tyrannosaurus Rex, friend to all humans. <laughs> yeah, and it's and it's really funny because. All I could think of, all I could think of in that scene when I saw that is, fucking the army's gonna come back and it's gonna kill this T-Rex the first thing they do. Now you were saying what, to add insult to injury. Well, that was that was gonna be it. That was the Velociraptor T-Rex bonding moment. It was so fucking stupid. Yeah. And it was so out of, Especially when you established in the first film that when these two animals meet, they're gonna fuck each other up. Like... Yeah, and that's what that was the climax of the first film, was the T-Rex ate a bunch of raptors because it's a T-Rex. And it's bigger than the raptors. This fucking movie was so stupid. They didn't... Uh, God, and we didn't even mention the part where the... Did we? Where the, the raptors are, are talking to the bigger raptor? Uh, no, we didn't mention that yet. Okay, so after... I'll, I'll give the movie this. For the Velociraptor training, that, ironically, that was what I was most skeptical about in the movie going into it. And that was probably the most well-executed part of the movie. Um, there... There is a fun- and the movie has this whole thing where it, it, it wants to tell you how you feel. So at every moment, every moment where like this big spectacle CG thing happens, one of the characters will come maybe an inch shy of looking at the camera and go, that was awesome. Or the part where Chris Pratt's riding along with the velociraptors side by side. And one of the kids, like... Oh, that's goes, the whole reason to have children in a movie, because and, you could cut to them in a, as a reaction. Uh, yeah, and they go, that was awesome! Yeah, and that was literally the only reason. Um... After that happens, the raptors are tasked by InGen to hunt down the Indominus Rex. And uh, they find it very well, easily. Let's go back to the beginning a little bit. When we see Chris Pratt controlling them, and you said you had a problem with or you thought you were going to have a problem with that. And I think that the way that they executed it at the beginning of the film was good. Because yeah. um, it showed them, he was like on the outside of the cage, he's following them around, he's raising his hand, and he's talking to them like they're a bunch of dogs. And kind of sort of controlling them, but you could tell that he's not very good at it because they're fucking velociraptors. Yeah. It's it's not like you're gonna train them to do dog stuff. Yeah. I and the entire time that it's happening, it's like you could tell that this is a very terse, very tense alliance. Like if the smallest thing happened, they would turn on him. Yeah. He's and only maintaining his alpha ship by like a hair. Staying outside of the fence. Yeah. And I think there was there was one scene very early on. But that is very the... far removed from yeah. having an army of dinosaurs at your whim. Yeah. And and But it immediately jumps to that point with no explanation as to how. Yeah. And it, it I think the 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 best the best scene in the entire movie is Probably one of the first scenes in the movie where you see Chris Pratt doing the dinosaur training, and one of the dinosaur feeders, I guess, falls into the Velociraptor pen, and Chris Pratt has to run in and save him, and it's a very tense scene because he's trying to control these Velociraptors, but these fucking things are going to eat him. Like, they're they're staying back out of, I guess, since they know, like, respect, I would say, mutual respect, but they're two, two seconds away from eating him, and you know that because they're animals and you're not training dinosaurs. And even when Chris Pratt has to turn and leave the cage, he does it very quickly. And as he's leaving, they, they try to fucking bite him. Yeah. So, and you immediately go from that. Immediately from that, between him riding on a motorcycle side by side with Velociraptor. <laughs> this movie was so stupid. I Can we have a counter? How many times am I going to say this movie is so fucking stupid? I can't wait this? until the cinema sins for this comes out. 
thinking of having a gamer. We can't wait. Um, Jeremy, if you're listening, which you're probably not, because you have better things to do, please, I can't wait for this. Um, but yeah, this this movie was so stupid, I can't fucking believe it. I can't, it, it was beyond comprehensible levels of stupidity. But yeah, but anyways, Indominus Rex... made for stupid babies. Yeah, but anyways, you were saying the Indominus Rex and the raptors finally meet, and... So, yeah, and we come to find that they put a little bit of raptor DNA in there, which I guess makes... For fuck them, all knows what reason. For plot convenience. Um, so, we've established that they're a, a pack ad animal. Um, and so, Chris Pratt tells the little kid that he's the alpha. He's like, and this is blue, she's the beta. And he's like, well, who's the alpha? And he's like, you're looking at him. Um, so we know that he's, he's king of the raptors (laughs) and, um, Chris Pratt, can you please change your Twitter handle (laughs) to king of raptors? And so when they get to the Indominus Rex, uh, they, they, they have all the raptors there and he's still controlling them. And then the Indominus Rex comes up and they literally, I shit you not, start talking, like having a conversation in raptor knees. Like, there are a lot of ways that you can convey um, the the idea of animals communicating, right? Yeah. But and you, if you think of, like, wolves, or you think of... Um, wolves. Wolves. Uh, fuck you. You say irregardless. How to Train Your Dragon did that very well. The second one? Because the second one, there was a dynamic... Did you see that one? No, I'm just laughing. Then <laughs> we're talking about how animals really communicate, and you jump to How to Train Your Dragon too. <laughs> Well, I mean, that was also that was also, that was also a movie of which they tried they they tried literally the exact same thing to convey pack mentality and okay. like you know establishing that and they did it without fucking having a conversation. Well, like you think about like wolves um, uh, and other things that in the food chain, or like they think about like lions or something like where you have a definite alpha um, who asserts its position. Uh, they communicate through biting and killing each other. They don't commun. They don't sit down. And yes, there's definite communication. Um, and I've heard, you know, other, other animals that that do do like vocalizations and stuff. I think uh, what was it, like hyenas or something do that. Um, but at the same time, it's not a conversation like people have a conversation. They're not going to be making vocalizations at one another. When they're like, oh, chirp, 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 doobop, doobop. And then it cuts back to the other ones. Like, he's like, oh, no, I've got something to say, too. Another raptor from behind. Like, you could have put subtitles on this. And it, <laughs> it was one subtitle away from me fucking leaving this theater. Like, it, you could have had a conversation with subtitles of the Indominus Rex. Like, hey, how are you? And they're like, we're good, bro. We're supposed like, to hunt you. Do you want to? Oh, you're going to hunt me? No, we should hunt the humans. They're delicious. And he's like, I don't know, boss. What are you? He's like, no, do it. Trust me. And then they all turn around. They and all turn around Chris simultaneously. Pratt. And he's like, oh, fuck, we lost him. But my point is, it literally, like, there was raptor dialogue in this movie. This movie was so fucking stupid. Granted, they established, even in the first one, that they're very intelligent with them, like, learning to open doors and stuff. But, like, there's a difference between animal intelligence and verbal right. communication. The, the only other time that there was ever verbal communication between the raptors was in Jurassic Park 3. And if you're going to take a cue from any Jurassic Park movie, please, dear God, don't fucking take it from 3. Sure. Yeah. Is that... what? Yeah, what happened in Jurassic Park 3? I don't remember that movie at all. Uh, it was one where the kid got lost and... 
they were being followed by the raptors and dr grant has the uh the raptor vocalization thing that was 3d printed oh my god and when they're cornered by raptors uh when they're cornered by raptors he blows into it and makes the helping sound which the oh, noise I'm fine with that because that's like whales no, no, and no, stuff no, have no. that. But but the, but the noise is coming from right in front of them. But for some reason, the raptors start looking around and then they start talking to each other. Like one's like, one makes a noise at the He's other like, one, ah, and the other ah. one looks back at the other one, makes another noise, ah. and then they run off. And <laughs> ugh, this fucking movie hurt my fucking brain. I am so pissed off. A movie has not made me this angry in a long while. Mm-hmm. So congratulations, props to you, Jurassic World. You hurt me. <laughs> We just came off of Mad Max, probably what's going to be the greatest movie of the year, or at least the greatest action movie of the year, yeah. and you turn around and fucked up all the good, all the goodwill that summer 2015 has established. But is this fucking movie, man? Yeah, I don't know. Um, so, so what would you say? Would you recommend this to people? No. <laughs> I, w- I would recommend go see it if you really, really, really want to see the, the, like a train wreck. But I feel like we've oversold it. I feel like there are people that w- are listening that'll go see it and they're like, "Well, it wasn't that bad." But I don't know. I don't know about you people. I don't. I just. I guess my taste in movies is just completely different than a general audience, and I don't mean that in a good way or a bad way. I'm just a simple fact. It's different because this movie has a seventy percent on Rotten Tomatoes. It's pretty okay. Yeah, I'm expecting that to go down. Um, but no, because oh, I mean, we were, they're at like a thousand reviews right now, but we're, we're not, we're not alone on this because people in the theater were laughing with us. And I mean, I, I don't know if that's just our impression upon the audience, but there were some fucking gut laughter. Like this was more laughter than Adam Sandler's past 12 movies. Like it's up. It's at 71%. It's, it's at 71. Oh, it went up 1%. Um, <laughs> dear Lord, what the fuck? Like what the, I would, I would say. If you if you haven't seen a good comedy in a while, Jurassic World is the best comedy to hit theaters in a long time. Yeah. If I had to rate this movie on a scale of one to ten, I would probably give it a four. Yeah, I'd give it like a two or a three. Like I, I, I have less tolerance for movies that just try to like. Okay, we just watched Kung Fury. That's a movie that's ridiculous, but it's it it relishes in its absurdity. That's what a movie like this kind of should have been. Obviously not that over the top, but it needs to have some self-awareness. You can't try to sell me that this is a good movie and then give me a turd, or else I'm not going to go with you. You could give me a turd, and as long as it's a self-aware turd, I'll be like, all right, at least they tried. This, I can't I can't forgive it. I'm just like, it was stupid. Granted, I'm not like you. I don't feel angry at the movie. But I'm fucking seething. Because I had no expectations. I'm like, what are they going to do? You're making a Jurassic Park 22 years later. Are you fucking kidding me? Why? The, I think the cultural zeitgeist has shifted to a degree that they just people aren't going to care. Um, and I was wrong, as I am about most things. But it's doing pretty well. I just, I, it didn't bother me. I, I laughed at it. I actually had a, a good time in the theater laughing at it, so I'll give it that. Yeah, it, it's one of those movies where if you really want to see it, take a group of maybe four or five friends, um, watch it. If you're drunk, it'd probably help. Um, and just, helps most things. You just laugh at the movie. It's the, the best thing about I, I will honestly say I want to go rewatch this movie with a different group of friends just to laugh again. Yeah. Because I'm so... It's too bad you don't have any other friends. Yeah, really? Isn't that the truth? Because I'm so cold and bitter that I I need this laughter in my life. 
I was like, what the fuck was that? You're playing with a wire. I'm like, mm. it was a bomb. It just moved under the bed. Uh huh, but. It's a monster. I just. It was a fucking monster of a movie. So, yeah, Jurassic World, it's a monster movie. It's a vaguely self aware monster movie, but not in the good sense. It's. It could have been. I think, like, an eighth of the script writers, the screenwriters could have. Uh, they wanted it. it to be self aware. But, uh, the other eight said nay. But. So that's all I have to say about Jurassic Park.